1: Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweller since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewellery gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Do you regret that you've never
2: had a celebration like that, Jamie? Nothing's beating the the (laughs) robot.
3: Nothing's beating the robot. Listen, when you've scored five goals in 737 games, you don't need a fucking celebration. (laughs) Well, let's not beat around out in the bush. There's just not enough dough in it for football, is it? <laughs> <laughs> and you, when you're talking about yeah. someone coming in your ear, yeah. not literally. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, everyone.
0: <laughs> Hello and welcome to That Peter Crouch Podcast with me, Peter Crouch. I'm joined with uh, Chris Stark and Statman Dave as usual, but with a special guest, Mr. Jamie Carragher.
3: Thanks for having me, Crouchy. You're smashing the podcast world. So it's an honour to be, to be on. <laughs> I'm buzzing
0: that we finally
2: got you on, Jamie, because we've heard so many stories about you uh, on this podcast. Oh, God. And especially around when Crouchy started at Liverpool, oh. uh, some of the nights out, that kind of thing. And you'll be able to give your side to those stories. And also, some of those stories never had names. And it'll just be interesting to see what you give away throughout this episode. So, <laughs> Crouchy, for, for, for all he has a microphone in front of him, is actually quite guarded of his mates and, and this world. Yeah. yeah. And I think you never really sell
0: anyone under tell us some good stories. That's not what we're about, is it? You know, totally. there are funny stories that I won't I, I know that people don't mind us telling, and then we'll we'll name them. But um it's good to have you on, Carol, because I always talk about sort of when I went to Liverpool and I had a difficult time at the start, and like I always felt and the end. sort of <laughs> And, then, <laughs> there's a nice little period in the middle. <laughs> But, you know, and I, I just, I felt that, you know, obviously you and, and and people close to the club helped me through that. And, you know, it ended up being a good time for mm. me, you know. So it's always, you know, it's always been good, I'd, I'd yeah. say. Yeah, we're going to get into a lot of stuff today. This is Statman Dave. Um, you on
1: Twitter? I,
3: you Statman Dave? I am, He's yeah. Statman yeah Dave. Did you start following me the other day? I did, yeah. Oh. Sneaky. Oh, you must have knew it was cool. I was thinking, who did have... This stat man, David. You're, you're not a proper stat man, are you? Oh, oh are you? Yeah, I am, yeah. 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 Oh, who do you yeah. work for? Uh, myself. Oh. So got oh okay own, uh, that's a great answer to uh, anything yeah.
0: who do you work
2: for He's had a few he's been, at,
3: he's
0: been at United he's underselling yeah. himself here he's, yeah. uh, oh, he's, a, he's an see. analyst that's what I'm saying so you yeah.
3: work for like oh yeah, so okay I work
1: for yeah. other companies and so forth but stats is the key thing as you mentioned Chris
0: yeah Dave why don't you
2: just to bring Jamie into the pod like why don't you give him hmm. some stats you might not have heard of about himself
1: so okay. the first ones that we've obviously heard of 105 appearances in the Premier League 264 wins obviously records for Liverpool how many appearances 508 in the Premier League okay spot on
3: I thought you
1: said 105. (laughs) 105 appearances in the Premier League. 105 appearances in the Premier League. 105 appearances in the Premier League. 508. But But I like the niche ones. The niche ones such as only Kevin Davis versus Arsenal has more yellow cards versus a single opponent in the Premier League. Than you did against Manchester United with eleven yellow cards. I good. respect that. That is good. Uh, other random stats: um, you've got more assists than Ruvan Nistelrooy in the Premier League. Wow, that's, that's, Sorry, that's that is, it, that <laughs> is <it> incredible. <laughs> can I screenshot all
3: these? Yeah,
1: of course. Well, these are these are big ones. Obviously, you can tell Gary about I'm them at, as well. I might follow you back now. <laughs> but the uh, the obviously the one that you know our statisticians would go a little bit heavy on is the own goals. Only Richard Dunn scored more in the Premier League. So as sort of payback today. I've got an own goal that I scored on YouTube. Crouchy, if you could join in and do a little bit of analysis. I'm actually wearing red socks and I come into shot in a minute in the central defensive position um, you know just break it down. Touch the ball it's back there #academy players from the back. So here
0: no we one go. So
1: ah. That's my finish. We get a bit of another angle on it here. What have I done wrong? The worst own goal. You
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> haven't done a lot.
1: <laughs> it's. Uh. I think, in a sense, it's. Um, you know, I've I've looked to just clear the ball, full pressure on it, but I've slowed down, and I. That's. It's a pretty decent it's goal, a good you one. say? It's uh, a
3: good yeah. one. If you're going to do it, do it properly like me. I don't want an FA Cup final. You know, you are going to do it. Do on the biggest
2: stage. I mean, what's incredible about that, Dave, is you've put cameras in the corners of the nets as well. Anyone who sees this on a social video, you
1: yeah. filmed this. We have filmed it uh, properly. It was like a YouTuber football league and it was pretty embarrassing at times for myself. I'm not the greatest footballer. So we played against the uh, hashtag United, you know, the kind of the team that's coming up through the leagues. They had an academy and there's a fellow called Daniel Aje he embarrassed me so many times and it's all Mm. on the internet.
2: Well, there we go. Are are you into YouTube football? (laughs) I had a little
3: bit of a story on YouTube actually. I was on holiday in Ibiza. I've got asked to play at Wembley. So when I'd finished, so a bit of a big thing and it was, if they said uh, you're going to play with and against YouTubers, I didn't understand what YouTubers was at the time. I, I, my, I thought it'd be people who kept the ball up, you know, like just on video and all that. Obviously they're into computer games and all that. So, so I just, I'm just thinking, I'm just going to play this for half an hour. I'm at Wembley, get a few quid and fuck off. <laughs> so I've got the ball and I just, just pass it to the left back. Next thing, someone comes right through the back and he sends me flying, goes flying on the grass. Robbie Fowler's playing for the other team, so it was like a mix of footballers. So I don't know who anyone is. So I've jumped up and I've gone to Robbie, who the fucking in hell was that? <laughs> he went in. Like, so I've just spent the next hour of this game just <laughs> taking this lad out. <laughs> elbows and bootism just two foot on them and everything he <laughs> went on YouTube and did a big video about it so it's there if you want to find it
2: welcome to the podcast Jamie and the last podcast we did all about the conspiracy theories uh, we've done well to be here today that there was no lawsuit because we were a bit Uh, anxious about that weren't we Crouchy?
0: Yeah a little bit especially you know we left Dave to it really so he was the one getting sued but um. And we finally got to the bottom of lasagna Gate. We did yeah yeah the Spurs lasagna. but you know it was also one of the previous pods was uh, my allegiance to to Chelsea and now that's changed and I just wanted to ask your your take on because you know you grow up and you're a fan of a certain club obviously it's well documented you're an Everton fan and then when does that when does that change for you?
3: I mean, mine was gradual. It wasn't like, you know, one day I, I signed for Liverpool at yeah. 10. It was, I was still a massive Ever, Evertonian right the way through my youth mm. days at, at Liverpool. When I was playing in the Youth Cup for Liverpool, I still wanted Everton to win the derby. But no, it was, it was a gradual thing. And now it's, it's an awkward one right now because they, they could go down
0: Everton.
3: Mm. And there is a bit of me that thinks that'll be funny. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And only for a year. You just know, one year. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'd want... I, and to, to be honest, I think I do want Everton to, to just stay up because I think it's great to have two Premier League teams in the city. Mm, yeah. we have always had it. And of I think, course. you know, Everton are getting a new stadium would be great for the city as well. So I'm thinking more of the city than Everton. But I think if someone could guarantee it was just for 12 months and then they'd come back and we'd get back to having derby games, I might say, you know what? I'll on that. Wow, that's something that's <laughs> what a
2: bizarre situation okay. on so many levels. And that's from a playing point of view, mm. but also um even your view it, 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 from a football in like punditry point of view. That's a big thing to go yeah. like quite like to be relegated but I'd also quite like you to come back up yeah yeah. 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 I mean when's
3: this podcast it? Got, is it going up to the end of the season no, next week <laughs>
2: <laughs> look we're going to get into loads of stuff on this podcast and as always you know we tell you send in your emails peter.crouch at acast.com slide into our DMs get involved with the podcast and thank you to the many hundreds of people that have got in touch since last week the conspiracies episode seemed to do yeah. like went massive didn't yeah, it it was, yeah. it was everywhere should we do a couple of these messages it might be good to get carried his uh, take on some of these Greg says why do you think no retired player has ever become a referee is there not one no I don't know I mean not not one that comes to mind at least but I assume they've all had an interest in football at some point
0: I, I, I think it's a profession it's a profession in its own right You've got to you treat I mean? it if as you start separate... starting at 40 years old like we are you know what I mean you, us, when, we, when we had Mike Dean on the podcast and Mike Dean was like well I've trained you know my whole life to be a referee and you don't just become a Premier League referee you have to start you know Sunday league you have to work your way through so to start at 40 I thought it's disrespectful to referees really to then say yeah but
2: you can be an older referee so even though you're starting later you go do your coaching badges don't you Mm. not once have you said like I'm thinking about doing my ref's badge
0: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) it's true do you want to do this one from James Uh, Yeah. uh, Okay, I'm not sure uh, if you're still doing Crouchy apologies, but I believe he owes Bolton and his fans a massive apology. In the 2011-12 season, they were relegated by one point after a 2-2 draw with Stoke and have been in free fall ever since. Stoke's equaliser came from a penalty won by Crouch. After reviewing the footage, I'm 100% convinced he dived. Oh. Basically, what's happened is I've had a shot, the keeper saved it, and then I've touched it round the keeper. And he's caught me and I've just let the referee know that he's caught me. So I have gone down easy, but he has touched me. But he, he, what he's saying is that Bolton have went down that season and not come back. So oh. it, And they went down in that game. That was the decision yeah. that sent them down. But I don't think I need to apologise for that. I think that is a foul.
1: So you're not going to apologise to poor old James?
0: I, I apologise for what's happened to Bolton. Yes. But I don't take full responsibility for that.
1: Excellent. <laughs> Jamie, why don't you
0: read one of these messages? I'm sure
2: whoever sent it would be nice. What about the um, swap shop one? So so just to explain this, Jamie, basically
0: we've got um, a pair of Charlie Adams boots. Mm. Paul Lambert once said that Charlie Adams could hit a dick from 30 yards. So he so wanted his to left test foot, it. His left <laughs> foot was that good. So we strapped Dave up and put a... I had a dick on him. <laughs> and,
3: Charlie, time.
0: Charlie, <laughs> and Charlie
2: hit him. So we've got the boots from that. We're giving it yeah. away if people can swap it. And the idea is we just keep swapping the boots for something and it swaps on from there.
3: All right, lads, we have been listening to the pod and believe the mere offering of one of used chicken costume for Charlie Adams' boot is frankly insulting. We therefore offer the services of eight nuns for any social events of your choosing. Be it wedding, funeral, dance event, or Crouch Fest 3.
2: Brilliant. And that's from Frankie, who slid into the DMs on Insta.
0: And here's a picture of the nuns.
2: Oh, for
3: not you. actual nuns, but oh, lads dressed in the And up there's with the nuns. The nuns oh, right. Jamie. He's offered
0: off them if you if you've any if you've any use for them.
3: So basically you're swapping them for Charlie Adams boots. Yeah, yeah. but you can have them for one day. What could you, Jamie Carragher,
2: do with eight nuns? Sure, there's a lot you can do with eight nuns. <you>?
0: <laughs> oh right! <laughs> Should we crack on with the pod? Let's crack on with the pod, <laughs> Carol. Like being being a one club man, has there ever been a time where is there? Ever, have
3: you ever been close to leaving Liverpool? Is there a no. clubs coming in for you? No, no. I was, I was never involved in a like, a transfer thing that yeah. went on. You know when I maybe yourself, you yeah. probably more than anyone. You, yeah. You're speaking to another manager, and there's a club involved, and you're dealing with the chairman and your agents and money and mm. signing on fees. all these stories, never involved in any of them. Mm. And the good thing to come from it, it means I never have to do transfer deadlines. David eh, Sky. Mm. <laughs> I just say, what am I going to offer you? I've got nothing to say on this matter. Get me out of this. I don't think anyone put a bid in for me that I was ever aware of or anything came Mm. close to move. And I was never good enough to move above Liverpool. There's not many teams that are better than Liverpool. Players leave Liverpool to go to Real Madrid or Barcelona. Mm. Basically, that's that's about it. And a few other, maybe a couple of other clubs. But I was never good enough to do that. Mm. So if I was leaving Liverpool, it was always Mm. going to be a case of me dropping down. Yeah. Towards the end of my career or whether I couldn't get in the team. So when it got to the stage of the end of my career, last couple of years where I was a little bit in and out, I was never gonna leave then just to go and play for I don't know, mm. Blackburn or someone or someone, you know, a mid-table team in the Premier League at that time. So I was always determined to be a one club man because I knew that was the best I could do.
2: Was there a, a tipping point where you were like, I've got an opportunity here to be a one club man?
3: I used to just think I've got to play fifty games every season. That was just the first thing in my head. First game of the season. I didn't I didn't ever think about I wouldn't be playing. i just be like, I am playing and I'm playing 50 games. And I think I did that nine times in 10 years. And the one year I didn't do it, I broke my leg and I played 25. So it was always my thing to play. Like Liverpool I got 38 league games, Champions League, a few cups. Cause Rafa used to all Ulia used to always play me in the the cup games, a few mm. players would drop out, but I, I always played. So yeah, it was always a thing for me to play 50 games. 50
2: games. Have footballers lost that mentality, do you think? The want to do that. An
3: expectation that you should do that. I think a little bit. Because I think the game is just continually growing as a squad game because you just see how many subs it involves. It just grows and grows. And I think what are we up to now? Seven.
0: Mm.
3: I think I think we're up to seven. And there's five subs coming on. Mm. We'll get to nine. You know, it'll end up being like what it is with a World Cup and there's like 11 players are still stripped on the on the bench. And, uh, yeah, but I think, listen, I think if you had sort of my mentality right now, you're probably banging your head against the brick wall because you're not maybe going to do that because the squads are so big, because there's so many changes now. And and that's mm. just the way it is. But that was just my thing to, no one could take me place. No one was going to get in the team ahead of me. And uh, I wasn't going to get injured, basically.
0: You, you both mentioned the word mentality there. Like th- We've talked about it on this pod and I've heard you talk about it on another pod, actually. But, when I arrived at Liverpool, that was for me. It felt like obviously I'd gone up a different level. I'd come from Southampton to Liverpool, and already I was. It was a different level to what I was used to. And it was only then when I got to play for Liverpool and play for England that I saw the mentality of elite players. And I class you, Stevie, in that bracket. And then with England, John Terry, Frank Lampard, you know Rio Ferdinand, Wayne Rooney, elite players. I felt like the mentality, and I've said it before that. I felt like you didn't enjoy it almost sometimes. Mm. For me, I, I still had the same you know mentality to be where you were, but I enjoyed wins.
3: Yeah. Whereas
0: <laughs> I felt like you didn't. Yeah. Is yeah. that is that right to say
3: or not? Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, I mean, a big win, something really significant, of course you would. Uh, but it almost just felt like you were on this treadmill of like, we've got another game, we've got another game, and a lot of my wins, or not my wins, the, the team's wins were almost like a relief that you hadn't lost. And I was like, right, we've got to go again. Because I think when you play for a team like Liverpool or, or, or United City, like, like, look look at Man City right now. We keep talking about that they could win the treble, something that's never been done before, but they could also end up with nothing. And no matter how well they've done all season, Arsenal are the same right now. Unless you do it right at the end, you don't end up with anything. So even when you're winning in August, September, October, it doesn't, it, it means it's putting you in a position to win at the end so when i think of like winning a game in the middle of october and thinking oh god we've had a great win it's brilliant amazing it's a bit like no it's it's what goes on in may really that's when you're going to decide whether you've had a good season or not so it's almost like this constant build up to then and that's what it felt to me like a lot with liverpool it was you know i can remember nights out and big champions league semi-finals that we played because you know you're getting you're, you're nearly there you're getting really close but Throughout the season, it just felt like, right, the next one, the next one, the next one. And But I think you're right. I don't think I did enjoy it enough. What I was meaning
0: by that is like, straight after the win, it felt like you were already thinking about the next game. Where I was like, I'll enjoy this one and I'll think about that. I'll
3: think about that one tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah, it was, it was. Which and, is a commendable you know, quality yeah, to have. Yeah. I always think, would it have been different playing for another team? Was it that focus because Liverpool was such a big club and also it, it was like, it was your club, it was your mate's club, it was your family's club. If you just played down south, would you have that same thing or would you think, you know what, I'm going to play, I'm going to give it everything? Ooh. We'll never know. Is
1: that, Sorry, so is that more like a coaching mentality that you've got then? Because we always talk about Guardiola or Klopp who say next game, next game, next game. Do you feel like that was probably more you in a sense?
3: One of the reasons why I haven't gone into coaching and managing, management is because... I used to put myself through too much when I didn't play well and I didn't win. And I think it must be worse for a manager. And I used to just look at some of the managers and think, how bad I'm feeling? What must they be feeling? You know, and I, and I, the closer I got to the end, the more I was thinking, this is not happening for me in terms of coaching or managing. I'm, I'm not doing it because I'm putting myself through too much, uh, you know, mentally and trying mm. to get over defeats and and things when they, you know, going well or not go uh, so well. So, yeah, I think that that probably played a part in me not wanting to get involved in management
1: so when Crouchy joined I want to ask both of you guys a question what did you think of Carragher before you joined and the other way around what did you think of Crouchy before you joined
0: so I joined straight after Istanbul right so I've watched Kara, you know Stevie that team lift the Champions League and possibly the best final we've ever seen so like my opinion of Carragher couldn't be higher I arrive at Liverpool and I'm thinking no, you know they, they've just won the European <laughs> Cup right <laughs> <laughs> they should have fucking signed anyone if i fucking really <laughs> That was me first thought. <laughs>
3: fucking Earthquake <airport> as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I go, I go, I go over the that very God. quickly. We think the Shannon Samuel letter. Oh, <laughs> fucking she <our culture> works <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I knew that, right? And I genuinely knew that. I genuinely thought, you know, they, you know, because like, well, you thought they could sign anyone in the world, right? And obviously, yeah, it's a different thing, right? I arrived, you looked after me. And even when I didn't score for that long, like, I can only thank you and Stevie and people around you as well for sticking by me in that tough time that I had. Uh, I Thankfully, I came out of that. But I don't think if I didn't have, you know, it certainly felt like Liverpool was a city, really, certainly the red side of the city. Sort of like I was on the inside of that. And, and then everyone on the outside was ridiculing me, taking the piss out of me. And it felt like I had a, a group of people that would do anything, like, would fight for me. And I felt that, you know. And I don't think there's any other club in the world, I'm not just saying that, that, that stick by a player like that, did, other than Liverpool. Did you know that's
3: how it was for him? Like, could you see that? Oh, yeah, of course. But we all know who's a good lad. The, the supporters aren't daft at Liverpool. Do you know someone they think you know even when you how you come across maybe when you speak to the press how you're out about the place the way you play the game there's certain players there who've had a different type of attitude to him who are a different personality to him who've struggled early on and people almost have washed their hands of them a little bit because it's like no you're, you're not buying into this is not about just you being scoring goals It's about like you know you're part of a team okay he's a good lad we all want to help him get through it or whatever it may be and Liverpool is a city, whether that's football-wise, politically, it's, it's a case of us against the world at times. And then if you want to start giving our man stick, well, we're going to fight like fuck for him. And that's basically what happened. Mm. And also, almost the flip side of that, in a different way, is probably Michael Owen. And, what, and the reason I say that is because people always say, well, why wasn't Michael Owen loved as much as maybe like a Robbie Fowler? in some ways because what happened with Michael was he became that good he almost became the nation's player Mm. England's player Mm. and Liverpool was no he's our player he's not your player he's ours Mm. and then did this thing of like he becomes everyone's player so like so the relationship is probably never as strong as with maybe a Robbie Fowler who was just seen as like a great Liverpool goal scorer and a little bit like him in that Mm. everyone outside of Liverpool's giving him stick well, he's one of ours. You know, we're going to stick by him. And
2: maybe there's something a bit old school about that that I really, really like. And it was my first introduction to football. And since then, what Crouchy's told me about, say, even in England setups, the way teams would be sat differently and you'd be with your teams and there was a strong team identity. And as a Watford fan right now, it feels like, that's the one thing that's really missing from our our team. Yeah. Amongst yeah. there's not what for players. players there. It's like, <laughs> not, I mean, yes, Jeremy, there's no yeah. what for players there. But also, just this feeling of players there that will grab hold of new or younger players and just sort of filter out the bad attitude, yeah. set
0: a standard, and and then maintain that, and that still gets carried through into England yeah. as but well. You, you know what my feelings on this? My feelings are that the the, the Premier League England's become better because of that. But the Premier League suffered because of that, because the rivalries aren't as big. Like, you know, I don't know how you felt, Jamie, but like, you know, there was like a Liverpool bit and Man United did and it was hard to integrate that in an England setup. Whereas now it feels like everyone's mates. Like, did you feel that with England? Like,
3: did that harm us? Yeah, I think it did. And I think the difference is that it felt like at the time, if you think of, Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool. When you think of like the the biggest characters of those teams and like the the players who you automatically thought of of those teams. So you just said before, Mm. you just think Chelsea at that time, you just think of John Terry on Frank, don't you? There's other great players but you think of them. You think of Rio and and, uh, Rooney. And when you thought of Liverpool at the time, you thought of me and Stevie. So it was almost like we were like, not necessarily the best players, but almost like the leaders of of that club and and you wore it as a badge of all the ambassadors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And is that right now? I don't know. Is the best player at Man United? Probably is a rash for the supposed, this season, but... I'm just trying to think those big well, I don't think they necessarily males. the
2: best. It's like the attitude now is what is the best? and Maybe this is the right way, by the way. like mm. I don't know. This is what we're talking about. That's what I'm saying. It's the right it's, way it's, for England, I think. It's yeah. like
3: they're trying to but establish it as its own team. I class it as Club England now. Mm. And I think that's the, been the major strength of what Gareth Southgate's done. He's made it feel like a club team. Uh, and, it's, and, and they've been fantastic. And I don't necessarily think the players in that team are better than our era. I don't. I really don't. But what they've done is they've, they've made themselves a team and that's credit to the players and the staff. And I just, is it something I regret? I mean, could I have been different? Could other players have been different? Uh, it's hard because I think we were so tuned. Everyone felt like the same and I just don't know if like these lads have come through England squads together and, you know, I see Trent high five and Rashford, and I'm like, I can't get my head around it. He's a bit I'm weird. Like, what is yeah. going on? It's like, oh my god,
1: <laughs> it's this weird scenario where you've got like you hate them the week before, and then you love them. And yeah,
3: it's like you can't, it, yeah, but I don't think that I don't think that hates there now. No, I but it, it was
1: before when you were playing with them, and in a sense, you know, those key things was like you're saying, Crouch. You had Mourinho, one of the you know yeah. a brilliant manager, but it could get quite toxic in a sense. Yeah. Ferguson loved to be a bit of a house. Mm. You had. Benitez in there had Wenger in there just a different yeah and you'd
3: you'd never want to mix you'd never want to share anything you felt like you were giving a secret away you'd never say what's your new manager or what you used to in training or why did you used to that against us the other week it was like this thing of like you don't tell anyone anything you know what I mean just the
0: different like breakfast (laughs) set up I imagine yeah
2: yeah Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: but I I think that the Premier League was better when it felt like the players hated each other but I think you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I honestly think that yeah,
3: want, the England I, team. Yeah, yeah. I, want, I want to see the you can, name. You can see Sky Sports. I'll count you next season selling the Premier League. These <laughs> <hate> each other. <laughs> <year, I mean. laughs> Rashford and Trent can't stand each other. That's the way it's going, mate.
2: Drive to survive. The football documentaries. It's about the drama, right? And yeah. it's about
3: that sort
2: of like mm. rivalries, like mm. proper. Like mm. they try and play up in a bit more of a Hollywood way. You talk so lovely about how you've. Uh, You sort of embraced Crouchy. I want you boys right now to discuss this, this story I heard about what happened when Crouchy joined Liverpool and he quite fancied the hotel receptionist. And you were the one, apparently Jamie, that gathered all the players together. (laughs) <laughs> and got crouchy right to explain that you really fancied this receptionist
0: yeah he's in the Hope Street Hotel you know Shabby Alonso's missus yeah. the <laughs> and I came in and I was saying I was this girl on reception she's you know she's quite nice and um, she just keeps looking at me all the time and then you've <laughs> tapped you've tapped everyone knowing that it was Shabby's missus she's just trying to learn English and trying to be nice <laughs> And uh, I've told the story in front of uh, Reina, Luis Garcia and Xavi Alonso about Javi's missus.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i never wanted to, the, like, the whole change just to swallow me up and go, like, oh, no, God, this is horrendous. <laughs> We'd call that, it... that, that wasn't the first time he shit me, by Cara the way. carrahauser <laughs> me, right? Well, Cara, yeah, because he done me with England as well. When we were uh, when we were with England and Prince William came to training and... Uh, It was just after like the robot and things like that, and we're all having a discussion. and Cara goes, uh, "So, you know, Prince William, um, do you like the robot?" And he was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Do you want to see it?" (laughs) 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 Remember that (laughs) scandalous? Did you do it? (laughs) Yeah, to do it. Yeah, so you're in a line. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't want to, Jamie. Thanks. (laughs) scandal he's
3: laughing isn't your
0: giving it a it's a good little clip to be fair
2: I always wonder how long you know how to go on for light and light. When, you stop? When, you stop? when does it become like give me turn it in now do you regret that you never had a celebration like that Jamie it's...
3: nothing's beating the, the robot <laughs> nothing's beating the robot listen when you've scored five goals in 737 games you don't need a fucking celebration <laughs> <laughs> Do you know another
0: time where, where we've talked about it on the pod where um I don't know what your take on this I don't know if I've asked you but when I was going through that difficult spell like obviously my dad used to come up to the games and I used to after games I, I hadn't scored again like, me and my dad like, similar to, like, to you when you'd had a bad game I just want to go and hide right? so I want to yeah. go and I don't want to see know, my dad's like come on we'll go out for a beer and I'm like no nah, everyone's laughing at me dad I'm like I don't want to be involved you, Like to be fair to you you said you were the same you were like, like come out in Liverpool and I was like I haven't scored. I'm not coming out in Liverpool. <laughs> you dragged me to, to your local. We went down there and ended up doing karaoke. Yeah. Do you yeah, but yeah. I th- I st- hey
2: Jude. Hey Jude. Yeah. <laughs> You've sung Hey Did
0: Jude in Liverpool. I sang Hey Jude. But he made me get up. And I said, I don't want to. Did you stand on a stool? No, I was up with my little friend Jason.
3: <laughs> I knew that story. I come up today and I remember sitting at the back of the pub thinking, I know he's big. <laughs> <laughs> it just looked like... I don't know if you... It would have been just, in front of the light, wouldn't yeah. it? So it would
0: have been silhouetted.
2: Almost. It was an yeah. unbelievable
3: night. Like, honestly, I, I didn't, I thought... That was the Solly on Marsh Lane. Was the Solly on Marsh
0: Lane, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm not joking. It felt like after that, like, I was even more kind of accepted in a yeah. weird way around like the stat story just spread. And everyone went, I went on the gates on the Monday for, and all the, all the security boys were like, hey, dude, <laughs> <laughs> like, I was walking down through the city and everyone was like, hey, Judy, Judy, Judy. <laughs> like everywhere I went, it felt like people were mentioning that night. And, um, you know, I wouldn't have gone if you hadn't have dragged me there. It's got the next
2: Crouch Fest written all over uh, it, if I'm honest. We get the boys back together uh, on stalls. Hey, Jew. Don't get better than that, right? You know. With-
3: when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring.
0: Talk about like the rivalry that we had with England, and stuff like that. Obviously, Man United, Liverpool obviously a huge factor. Um, like that rivalry seems to have changed
3: a little bit with Gary Neville. Like, how, mm. how are you with him now? We, we, we didn't speak when we played. Uh, I mean, a little bit at England, but you know what, you know what, Gary was like at England. He was he, he's, a, he's still he's still the same as a lunatic, isn't he? In the nicest possible sense, that he's not funny. But it just makes me laugh. I like seeing other people getting wound up by things. I, I I really like watching that. Uh,
2: Your face is amazing. When you see he's nibbled, you've got this great restraint that you've learned where you can just keep looking and just let him talk. Yeah. <laughs> but I would say sometimes you nibble and he seems to know how to do that to you as
3: well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's worked quite well. I mean, when we got put together on Sky, it was... There was no great relationship before that. There was, well, you know that, yeah. don't you? There was nothing really. I think it works because we can both laugh, laugh at ourselves. We don't take ourselves too seriously. The fact that we're so sort of linked to one club, which sort of probably is great for Sky, and, and they're the two biggest clubs in that, viewing figures and, you know, probably the most supporters. But uh, it divides, well, I think it more than divides a lot of people because everyone says, oh, you're biased for your club and he hates us and, you know, that tribalism is massive in football, isn't it? But especially with Liverpool and Man United. But, you love uh, that tribalism. I oh, I love it. That's it. no, what it's, it's about. It's, like, yeah. that's, why,
0: that's what I'm saying. I think like, the Premier League is such an amazing... It's, it's the best players in the world. But I do think a little bit of that rivalry... You know, when I think of the Arsenal United games, yeah, you know, yeah. like you think of the Chelsea Liverpool rivalry at times, you know, over the years, and now obviously City and Liverpool recently, like, of course, it's great rivalry, but it doesn't feel like there's going to be five sendings off, yeah. you know, oh. you know, <laughs> <laughs> which I quite like to buy Is it tricky? Like, we've got to talk about some of the punditry
2: stuff as well. There's so many questions I want to ask from you've learned and like, I think Crouchy's found this as well. It's like, you've been footballers and then suddenly you haven't become presenters and you're learning along the way. And we get to see these amazing moments. Like when you turn away from Kelly and just wander off down, the, <laughs> down the way, or my favorite meme of the news coming through to Brendan Rogers and, yeah. and just a little tap on the knee and you see these things and they go massive, but it is, it must be so different. This, this journey you're on and like mm. how it is with different pundits and, some of you are so competitive between each other as
0: well. And it's almost a sport in itself now, yeah, yeah. this this art of punditry. Well you know you know what I find now, obviously you're very good at um, the touch screen you've done it for so long now like but like when like, all of a sudden you know, I'm thrust into this kind of world and I, I feel like I know football but someone's talking to you in your ear and you go right just do the touch screen you're like "What? number one I'm, <laughs> someone speaks from your ear I've never done this before in my life and I can do an iPad but what, what's this you know like all of a sudden it's like you're expected to know did you have training before you did it or? I
3: had training on the machine but the machine was like a, almost like a smaller version of the one that you see that we use on Sky. so that was that was that Put in in the in the house at home. Gary had something similar. You had and one put in your house. It was it was like like an arcade game if you like small screen. Wow. So that was there. So we uh, I'd, I'd just be messing around with that. But it's like any you know when people describe taking a penalty in training or taking it in a game, it felt a bit like that. Once you go on TV, it's like you're in your own in your house messing about with it. But once you're on telly and something goes wrong with it, you have that like panic. And you, when you're talking about someone coming in your ear, yeah. not literally. <laughs> there we go, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> talking. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I this machine stopped on my first show, Monday Night Football, and I've almost it, it feels to me like it's 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 a mini, but it's been like two seconds, mm. where it's like and I have froze and I don't know what to do. And Scott Melvin's the producer, just just said, "Press play" because that overrides everything. So I'm like like that, and he said, "Press play, events, okay." <laughs> 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 okay. and that always comes up you know when you're taking the piss out of each other but, you know, you've been doing TV a, a while now yeah. but you always go back to your first couple of shows yeah. don't you In the things and yeah. if I ever see Scotty I'll go okay you know <laughs> what I mean you're just like you're just speaking yeah. and people think what, what's he on about but is, is there a part of you like obviously you know, great at what
0: you do now is there a part of you that like misses you only see Stevie or you see you know like players that we've played with like win a game and you feel like yeah, I'm not going to have that kind of I'm not going to
3: have that buzz of being around it mm-hmm. again. Like, do you miss that? I, I don't. Nah. Honestly, I don't. I think Stevie does. I, I'm yeah. saying that, I don't know, but I would get the feeling, you know, he, he's... Or even yourself, you know, yeah. that feeling of scoring a goal, of being yeah. the man who wins the game. You know, I was always the fella at the back just thinking, come on, blow the whistle, we, we're winning. You know mm. what I mean? A defender just trying to do your job. But I don't miss it, no. I loved it, but I don't, and I don't look back. I don't like think... Oh, I wish I was with the lads again in training, and I love the freedom I've got now in terms of doing what I want to do. I'm the
0: same as you. Like I, I actually really enjoy what I'm doing now, and I know I'm in, we're in a fortunate position to to be able to. You know, it's not always like that for players who who, who don't play. And I think if I didn't have a job or, or do things that I'm enjoying now, then I would miss it. But I feel like that was great, and I feel so blessed to to have done the things that I've done. And now this is the new chapter in my life that I'm enjoying as well. So I can't. I, I'm well, agree.
3: Yeah, I'm 100% the same. I don't, I don't look back too much. I love it and I'm proud of, you know, what happened. But it's it's only now that you know when people tell you when, you, when you're when you younger, your career will go so quickly and you just so much of your life afterwards. I still, I don't know what you, I, mm. I'm 45, I still feel 30. Mm. I don't feel 45, I don't think I'll feel 60. You, do you know what I mean? It's like there's so long of your life after being a footballer. It's only like 15 years professionally, of course, we put a lot of work in beforehand as kids, but so much of life afterwards. But but, but is there
2: anything at all that you look back on and it's kind of like, I don't want to say regrets because I don't think, I I think that, even negative things that happen lead to the positives that are now. So it's not, let's not call it regrets, but even going back to, um, look, let's take the penalty shootout against Portugal, for example. Do those moments stick with you or can you put them in a box and just see it as
3: what it was? Yeah, that just, that. That one doesn't bother me too much. To be honest, I don't think about it too much. You should only regret things as a footballer if you didn't get the most out of your, your ability mm-hmm. or your, what yeah. you've done or you, you think, I had more talent than what I did. And I think... If I was one of those players, I would regret it. I was almost completely the other way. I think I completely maxed out with with what I achieved because I think uh, for me to be sort of playing for that club for so long, to win a Champions League, to be competing with some of the, the best defenders in, in the world, I had to be at my absolute best. I, I wasn't as good as them, but to be even close to them, it had to be like all or nothing type of thing. So I think I definitely got... The most out of my career. I think you probably say the exact same, you know? same. Exact
0: same. Yeah. Exact same. Yeah. I, I think the amount, it's not regret. It's the only thing is like I would like to be sitting here, same as you, like a Champions League winner. You know, like that. The, the only thing I think about is Athens. Like yeah. when in 2007. Yeah. Not like I just felt that we were a better side than them. You know, we could have won. I think in 2005, obviously, it was incredible. But you know, to sit here, I just think it elevates. You know, if you're a, oh, Europe, if you're a European yeah. Cup winner, right? It's so obviously. To, it doesn't. I don't even know where the runners-up medal is. You know, what I mean, it's like it's yeah. pointless even getting there for mm-hmm. me. It's like that's the only thing I think about. You know, not daily, but it's something that not I regret, but I it's just disappointed that we didn't do that in Athens.
3: I was so much more nervous for that game than the two years before because the two years before it was almost like I couldn't believe I was there. I was like, how were how we here? Mm. When you know. Just enjoy it. Whereas 2007, we were a better team than 2005 and we were one of the top teams in Europe, I think, in mm. 2007. You're expected to get to the finals in you know, the semi-final. And I remember before the game thinking, how many players have won the European Cup? Twice? Not that, not that many players. It is, you know, it's an iconic thing to win. And I remember feeling completely different going into that game than the first game. We had a top team from 2005 to 2009. We were probably in the best four or five teams in Europe. Mm. and one of those teams always won it it was either us chelsea man united or probably barcelona or milani sort of like the five teams right you know at that moment so sometimes you don't you don't get a trophy for that so we haven't won the league crouchy hasn't won the mm. champions league but for three or four years he's playing for one of the best teams in europe that's just a, mm. that's not even up for of debate that's a fact so going back to that final you said you're more confident going into it what did you
1: do pre-game what was your what was the morning like of that final istanbul 2005.
3: Istanbul. Uh, we would have just done a normal thing of, of going for a, a walk, I would imagine. It's a long day. Do you know have to the... sleep, this nap that
2: Crouchy's <laughs> taught us about? <laughs> the afternoon one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he can't get around that. Absolutely,
0: I, absolutely
3: I, fucking I, blows I, my I, mind.
2: He he if, I, if, I, if you were to tell me right now, like, right, you're playing in the Champions League, but you need to go to sleep <laughs> now. And it's this idea of Could the manager sleep? coming around, like tucking yeah, you yeah, in. or
3: I think, yeah. yeah, I used to sleep. I don't understand. I mean, I tried to sleep. I wouldn't always sleep. But psychologically going to sleep for an hour, what it used to do. It wasn't the hours of sleep. It was psychologically yeah. thinking, I've had a sleep. I can't feel any better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so you were trying to get to sleep because you knew it was good no, for the game. Psychologically, it no, was good saying, for you. It was, it was, and was hard sleep. to
2: get
0: to sleep, generally.
3: Yeah. Sometimes
0: if I hadn't slept, I, it would play on my mind before the game. I think, I haven't slept here. Like yeah. It's going to affect me. Yeah, and like, yeah. Just little things like routine is so important. Yeah, but you yeah. surprised me because I would thought,
2: like, my perception of you was more a bit of a disciplinarian, but you also sound like you've sort of done so many jokes on Crouchy and the other guys that you don't even remember half of them. No. So I, the idea that you would <laughs> quite sensibly go to sleep <laughs>
1: for a game <laughs> seems a bit unusual. Got any stats for us, Dave? Yeah, so I was looking at Champions League final statistics. Most clearances in a single game. Jerry, Jamie Carragher with 15 in 2005. That final was a big one. Half-time changed things. What did Rafa do?
3: Uh, he took Steve off uh, and brought man on. That was the big change that he made and the change of system. And that is something that I, get, I get asked all the time, half-time at Istanbul. Always people have got just got their vision of what happened. And I think in some ways, they want you to tell a story that just wasn't true. They want to hear that people were fighting. Steven Gerrard did this big team talk. There was murder. There was, you know, all this stuff was going on. But it wasn't like that. It was very quiet because everyone was obviously devastated through you know, the scoreline and basically think the game was over. Biggest game of your life. You've embarrassed yourselves. You know, we've been awful, really. And uh, Steve Finnan came off. There was a bit of a commotion at half-time. And Steve Finnan didn't want to come off. He had a slight knock, basically. And uh, fair play to Benitez, because he's already made a substitution in the first half. So he take... Harry Cure would come off. Smycer's gone on. So he can only, he's only got two more subs to play with, basically. You get getting beat 3-0. And he's probably thinking, I need to stop this being five mm. or six. I don't think this, you know, it's not a sub that you'd bring on if you were thinking, right, we need a goal. But we did need to get some sort of Holy. footing in the game, get back into the game and, and stop AC Milan, really. I, I think Rafa Benitez, what he did at half time, the changes he made were fantastic. But I do think he made a big mistake in picking that team. And, it's, and that's not being clever after the event or being clever at half time because we'd never played that team before. Mm. We'd, we'd almost like, we'd got to the final by playing. Steven Gerrard is almost like a number ten, and Didier Maria and Alonso playing together, and Biscamp played a few games, but we always had two holding midfield players. Steven Gerrard is not a holding midfield player; he's someone who just go and, and take off. And a lot of the time, there was so much space for Kaka in the middle of the pitch, but it was it was a it was a bizarre it was a strange team to pick, and I think even the supporters felt that even before the game. And the team comes through; we didn't know the team until an hour before the game.
0: You've
2: said this previously mm. with some,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, very rarely. When I was
0: playing for Liverpool, did he, did he name you? Didn't know you didn't even know the squad. Sometimes the squad would go up on a Friday, and like Alonso wouldn't be in the squad, and you'd be like, what, "What's going?" Like he'd just do like things like that where you need some more training, and we're like, "Yeah, but we surely the game is why you train." It's like yeah. he's one of our best players, and he, you know he wouldn't be in the squad, and you'd be like. It, it just do little things like that that would always surprise you, keep you on your toes, I suppose. But, but is that because one of you tried to kill him in a go kart? <laughs> suspicious of you no, all. I, ever Kito, I, I almost killed him in a go kart. But no, I just uh, tried
3: to nick his wife. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Just talking uh, on the on the manager side of things, like who was the best you work with? I know you've got a big admiration for Julio and, uh, and and Benitez, obviously, you won the Champions League with. Um, but, you know, going back with Roy, Roy Evans and some obviously top managers, you who was who your preferred
3: manager? Julio and Benitez, because it was 12 years of my career, so I can't really... You, you, you can't put anyone close to that. And I think they did change the club. Um uh, Hulier was more of, obviously, you you don't know Gerard Hulier but he was more of a manager. He wasn't a coach as such, really. But he was a brilliant manager. Really, really good. Attention to detail. Listen, we say that word, attention to detail. I mean, what managers don't we describe as having attention to detail, you know? But this was on, like, another level. And I'll explain one story that probably sums it up. We played Southampton away early on in his tenure. We lost. It was a League Cup game. So it was away. You come back in for training the next day. He'd watch the game twice on video. So he was the type of guy who'd come in after the game and he knew everything that you did in the game. He could do like, he'd watched it. And I'm thinking, Southampton away, what time's he got in? We've. I mean, he must have had no sleep. He can't have had any sleep because he's there, then there at training and he'd watched the game twice. And I was like, oh my God. He's sleeping
2: at the training ground then. No,
3: but I mean, you you think seriously in terms of what happened to him a few years later in terms of having a heart attack. It was because of how much he put into that job. He was just like, Mm. and when I think about management again, I look at what people like him put in or or Benitez put in. It's like, it's not a job, it's the life, it's what they were born to do. It's like, it's not like, me and, me and Crouchy are, are talking about, will you go into coaching? Will you go into management? You know, when we finished, and, you, and it's a decision. For them, it's not a decision. It's a way of life. You know, it's what they do. It's what they're It's what they're born for. So, you know, and I, I looked at that and I thought, I, I'm not going to be able to keep, compete with that.
0: I, I had this mad perception of, of Benitez. I, I've had managers, you know, Harry, he's got other interests, or Sven, you know, people, other managers who are a bit more relaxed. With Benitez, it was, it was just constant. I'm like, I, I couldn't imagine him having a
3: conversation about anything else but with Rafford, it was always it wasn't just football it was probably negative about mm. your football wasn't it it was never positive but, but I also
0: think that you got the best out of Stephen Gerrard Stephen Gerrard won the uh, player the PFA yeah. player of the year the year he scored what, what 20 goals from right midfield he was playing yeah. and I felt like he rose to the fact that he would always criticise and I think mm-hmm. he was like, oh, "I'm going to fucking show him." You know, I, I felt like that was yeah. him. Stevie going you think to think it played to him. Whereas his... some players would be like, "Oh, can't you know? What's the point?" Yeah. But know? I don't
3: think Rafa could be any different. I don't think. I don't think it was a, a deliberate ploy. For you know. just Stevie, you mean? Like, yeah, no, it, just, no, I, no, it, no, it was for general. everyone. Yeah, I just don't think that's his character. That's his trait. But I always found with yourself, and I know Daft, you probably didn't love that whole sort of training every day. Mm how maybe the manager spoke to you. And I, yeah. I think it's probably the same with Craig Bellamy, yeah. Jermaine Pennant, Robbie Keane is the same when he came in. I always think about like sort of British players playing for Rafa who've come from clubs. You've just mentioned Harry yeah. Redknapp or different clubs who probably have a different way of doing things that they probably found it hard to take to him. How we, tra- like training was like a game. You'd have offside in training. So the strikers would be like, for fuck's sake, I just want to have a shot and I just want to score a goal. You, you know, like. Oh, he'd call it. Yeah, or yeah. like, we, we, we wouldn't just have like a five aside that didn't mean nothing, and every game I'd be thinking, right? Can I keep a clean sheet in training? Can we catch them offside? Can we push up? Can we? Do you know what I mean? But I, I could understand. I've never heard of that stat, Dave. Clean sheet in training. That's yeah. That's You've got true. to
1: get involved with that. Yeah. So yeah. going to the paper out. But New I, market. I have to
0: yeah. say exactly what Karen's saying there. Like, for, like for me, like training was, um say, one hour and twenty minutes, right to the. To the minute, right? And as soon as the whistle would go, you'd be in, and I would say, "Right, I am just going to go over there and do some finishing." And he'd be like, "No, I mean, no, no, I want to like." He just wouldn't; it just wouldn't let you do it. And I was like, "That's not how I've worked before. Like, Mm. I'll just do a little bit extra." And he was like, "No, we've done our, we've everything you need to get out of training has been set out, and you can't do anything extra." I found that. That's
2: why I imagine Milner's (laughs) like still, or like Henderson. Do you see those guys carrying on that standard with the club? Or do you
0: think it's something that? Well, no, I think I think Jurgen Klopp's you know hmm. got the The standards have been set, but I think players like that definitely help. Like I think the the senior players like Milner, for instance, is is a manager's dream, and they, you know just keep the standards. Jordan Henderson the same. Well, you were you a manager's dream, Jamie? Is that a good way to put it? Like,
2: because some of the stories I I've heard, I hope I was. parched. Well, I don't. Well, <laughs> this is this is what I want to discuss. Like, I don't know if Jamie's familiar with the term parched on this podcast. Maybe you should. That means when you want
3: it.
0: a bevvy, doesn't it? No, <laughs> no. no. no we, at Stoke, we had Ch- Charlie Adam during pre-season. We'd all be getting a drink and he'd be chatting to the manager. Oh, yeah, that (laughs) one. He's sort of getting in with the manager while we're all having a drink, and someone's shouting, he must be fucking parched. (laughs) He hasn't had a drink for three weeks. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So
2: parched now is there's a player at every club. (laughs) who just has good relationships with the manager. He's
0: asking you, are you parched Uh,
3: at Liverpool? maybe I should be more direct. Jamie
2: Carragher, are you the Liverpool
3: parched? No, no, no. I wasn't that, but a flip side to that story (laughs) is... Rafa used to always do that to Stevie. In training, especially away in Europe, you'd train at the stadium and all the press could come in for the first 15 minutes. So you'd be doing the warm-up. So Rafa, obviously, he's not taking the warm-up. He's just in the middle of something, whatever he's doing out. And he goes, Stevie, can I just have a little word? So he'd have his arm around Stevie, and that'd be in the picture. That'd be the picture in every paper the next day. No. You know <laughs> what I mean? You know, Rafa and Stevie, you know
1: what i But oh, you've really oh.
3: noticed that. <laughs> oh, yeah, we all knew. <laughs> Stevie laughing going, just to get me, you know, picture in the paper with Rafa, you know what I mean? <laughs> You know, he's got a great relationship with his captain. You
0: know all that, one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so much goes into that. That, that fifteen minutes with the presser. There, you got. I suppose you have got to be thinking about. it. So you don't want to give any tactics away. You don't need yeah. any team shape. You don't want to. Yeah, because they know, always play
2: oh, it out uh, as if no one like the the when you watch the the training. Like when it's like, and it, we get to see the training. Someone's like, yeah, they're looking. They're all looking great. They're all looking focused. It's like what you're saying here is it's 15 minutes uh, and you're all fucking
0: aware that it's the cameras, yeah, the cameras and it's, are there, yeah so i mean even players that wouldn't be fit for the next game might be out like doing a light jog you know as if they're gonna they <laughs> might play tomorrow yeah you are know, like, yeah, yeah. be playing with yeah. people's minds yeah Uh jamie there's
2: been so many stories on this podcast we should say thank you so much for coming on and um and welcome
0: to our world of that peter crouch podcast i've got one question the the years that you spent at Melwood, and I think about the players that have come in and out through the doors, like top players, you know, characters. Um, who is the best you've trained a with? A Monday to Friday player. Monday
3: to Friday, some of the talent. Uh, <laughs> well, this player, who I'm gonna say now is speaking to man, isn't one of the greatest players ever played, is one of the greatest players to ever played for Liverpool. But when I played with him, he wasn't classed as that. He was he used to get a little bit of stick off the crowd. It's John Barnes, actually. So when I first made my debut John Barnes was playing central midfield and there's always a lot of criticism like there is a little bit now of Liverpool's midfield that was the case then when I was coming through as a youngster but obviously I'm talking about John Barnes the left winger I've, I've trained at England I've trained with Steven Gerrard I've trained with Luis Suarez Torres all these great players Alonso no one comes near to John Barnes in training you go through a whole session you go through like it felt like six months it, it, he just didn't give the ball away. He never did anything wrong. And the best way to describe him for people who, who can't remember sort of the late 80s, John Barnes, early 90s, he was Thierry Henry of his time. That's the best way to describe it. He was Thierry Henry in the late 80s, early 90s for Liverpool. What well, obviously Henry was for that special Arsenal team. So I'd say, Digger Barnes. I've got to be honest, right?
0: You've told me that story before. Oh, and I knew, and I, no, but I knew that. And I thought, because I love John Barnes, I want you to tell it on the podcast. <laughs> <of that. laughs>
1: I can't, <laughs> you're singing my tune now. Redford fan, John Barnes is everything. It's all good. Yeah, so, Johnny Barnes. Nah,
0: what, what a player. I
1: mean, what, what a player. player.
0: What a player.
1: What about Liverpool this season? Trent Alexander-Arnold, new
3: role. Do you think it suits him? Yeah, definitely suits him. And I was chatting with someone about this this morning. People keep thinking, people keep talking about the fact that, oh, Trent's moved to midfield as if like, to get more out of Trent. But what we're seeing from Trent in terms of like assisting or great passes, we've seen that for five years. I actually think he's going there more for the team rather than himself because Liverpool this season have been the easiest team in the Premier League and the stats back this up to counter-attack against. Mm. So basically for a lot of the season, the 2 fullbacks have maybe gone forward. Fabinho's on his own in midfield. Someone wins the ball, bang, and that right at Liverpool's defence. So I actually think it's a case of we've now got almost two midfield players defensively. And yeah, okay, he can go in there when we get the ball. But initially when, when the ball changes hands, yeah he's got to go back to being a fullback, But when it happens quickly, he's not going to have time to get back to his position and neither are all the other players. So I think it's a case of going, right, we've got five behind the ball here. We've got this back three behind us, Fabinho and Trent there. So I, I think it's as much defensively for Liverpool as it is in terms of getting Trent on the ball. And I asked Jürgen Klopp that on Monday Night Football and that's what he said. He said it's a bit of both. In in the Premier League right now, I want to ask both
2: of you this. Who's the player that think uh, that you both think is most like you is playing now.
1: Is there, That's a great question. Who's,
2: who's the Jamie Carragher in the Premier League or the closest thing to right now? And who's the Peter Crouch? Would you say you can't say Haaland? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know what you like. Oh, was so close. I almost got it in.
3: Oh, it's no, it's,
0: there's been no one like me before or since. <laughs>
3: Connor Colsey uh, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 I can see spot. that. Scouser, uh, got see a bit that. to see for himself. He'll like that, I'm sure. What about an Ollie Watkins grouchy No, I'm fucking no, joking. Not... He runs right in behind all day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I said it the other night. I did, I did. the Villa game the other day, and I was thinking. Mitrovic, we spoke to. Him. No, Mitrovic is yeah, bad. A yeah, bad um, target man. Yeah, there's, there's no, there's no one like me. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Mitrovic, one of the kind. <laughs> Mitrovic is something we still haven't
2: yet done this series, and we yeah. do need to do. It. Well, uh, we, we promised that yeah. Dave you'd receive red arse yeah. from Mitrovic yeah, yeah, yeah. can't remember yeah. why we said that uh, well, he, Serbia, t- he tipped Serbia for yeah, the world yeah. cup that like outside that's my dark
1: horse and it's yeah. been treated as I said they were going to be champions so look I made a bad call yeah. I have to take the punishment so we still need to arrange it. Yeah. Yes, so we, we, yeah. we're going to yeah. arrange
0: Mitrovic red
2: yeah. arse yeah, yeah it's
1: not going to be a great day
0: one yeah. other question, Kara, right? So I've never met anyone who watched as much football, or, or you know, every used to come up with a different autobiography. You know, I would see you reading Cruyff. Watch them fucking in yours. <laughs> <laughs> There's three of them out there. If you're there. <laughs> are you still as intense as you are now, even though you do
3: the job that you do? Do you still watch all different leagues? You, you, you know what? I don't watch different leagues as much. I mean, I do the Champions League stuff, so I watch it there. But in terms of when I was a player, I watch more. Then I mean, just a simple thing like Sky haven't got Spanish football. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't. It, I just feel it's a lot more difficult now to you know get the the foreign football on as much as we possibly can. Get the Italian d- on BT. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not allowed to have it. Am I? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> hey. But no, listen. I've always been consumed by football. I always yeah. will. I think a problem in terms you're talking about books there, but mm. I think with social media now, you feel like you, you're reading sort of it's always little bits here and there rather than going right. I'm going to read this book yeah. and even like I still get sent every football magazine. I know all of the guys. It's so 4 four four two world soccer when Saty comes. That they used to come out every month. And I feel for those people now trying to put a magazine together yeah. of the month that's just coming. Like, the whales, just 100 miles like, an hour.
2: I, I agree. And I think even this podcast is guilty of it. It's like, there's a lot of people who've listened to this podcast for a long time. And I think it's, it's good we can sit down and have a beer and go through all these things. If you're listening right now, mm. this is what it's all about. But even to promote this podcast, you have to put out 30 seconds or something of yeah. one bit of you laughing, probably, just yeah, probably yeah, saying yeah. about... Gerard's hairy ass will be. (laughs) You know, we've had a good chat today, and I think that's at least where hopefully podcasts and some of the stuff you're doing as well. I think with Sky Sports is it 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 helps where there's discussions because
0: that's really what what we've tried to do on this podcast the whole way through is like is take people inside, sort of like what we do, and uh, sort of like as if they're a player. We have a beer, we have a laugh, but hopefully there's a little bit inside like that you don't know or you might not have you know, thought might happen when you play football and mm. I think that's why it's, you know, it's always been successful. No, he's
3: absolutely th- done there brilliant. you usually retired me in the podcast world. Well. I couldn't keep up with yours. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'm done. Shall we finish on a, on a quote yeah. from no. yourself, James? Oh, here he is. <laughs> oh,
1: bloody hell. Shakespeare over here. Shakespeare. <laughs> Shakespeare Dave. You can shape statistics to make them look however you want to. So I ran the numbers. Peter Crouch versus Jamie Carragher, direct opponents. That's you playing centre-forward, Crouchy, and you playing centre-half. Seven games. Who do you think won more games?
0: Well, the obvious question would be, the way you're smiling, I think it could be me, but obviously what it should be Carragher.
1: In seven games, Jamie Carragher, two wins out of seven. Peter Crouch, four wins, one draw. Wow. What games were they? So it was when Crouch was at Tottenham is when you played against each other quite a bit. So it was like in a weird period where Spurs had a bit of a,
3: justified, a bit of justified.
2: You can't <laughs> judge their records. So as in the total team... for everyone to see, <laughs> it? So this is like the Harry
3: Redknapp... Is it the Harry, Harry Redknapp well, <laughs> <is, is laughs> Tottenham? That it little, was, yeah, yeah. It was you the Harry Redknapp d- Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: can stick your Champions League oh, up your yeah. arm.
1: <laughs> 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 so I'll leave on one last statistic. I bored everyone today. But 383... That was the amount of times that you played with Steven Gerrard in the Premier League, which is a record between two players.
3: Wow! Oh, yeah! First time I've heard that one. <laughs> there you <Start> go, Man <laughs> Dave, Yeah, that's that, good. That. I'm quite proud of that. That's a good one, considering what you'd think. Maybe sort of gigs you and you think skulls. gigs and scores yeah. and the Neville. Well, yeah. Gary Neville or you know the players who played at Man United. Yeah, that's a it's a good start. Was he the best player you played with? By far. It's not even close, is no. it? I don't it makes me laugh and People think I don't like Frank Lampard Or I don't like Paul Scholes You know when this debate comes up I'm going They were amazing players But this It's not even a debate It's not close It's not is it No I agree It's, like, it's the best When we trained with England He was by far the best player In training every day I mean I'll tell you what Kills the debate Alex Ferguson tried to sign him And so did Jose Mourinho <laughs> And they had Scholes And, J- and Lampard yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean At the end it's of it isn't good
2: it good point it's um, A very good player.
3: Yeah, point. It's, it's it's difficult because you you feel like you're
0: putting them down as players. Like yeah, they uh, incredible players. But Gerard, for me, was, was the Did best. Did you ever
3: get the stare off him?
0: Yeah, yeah I know.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked about that many <laughs> yeah, yeah, times.
0: I said yeah. about um, you know, I, I when I signed for Liverpool, like, I was I was more busy impressing you and and Steven than I was Rafa. Yeah, <laughs> didn't fucking work. <laughs> 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 what, what was, what was
3: did it feel like a sort of double act or? Uh, probably a little bit. Stevie, I mean, to be fair, I'm, I'm not shy. You, you know that in terms of, you know, being on the pitch, but he's the one person I don't think I've ever had to go at on the pitch. If, like, I'd, I'd lose my head on the pitch, Ooh. wouldn't I, with different things? But if it's Stevie, oh, Stevie, isn't it? What can you say? You know what I mean? You can't <laughs> say, on uh, a Stevie Gerrard. You, never it? Stevie, yeah, you? I mean, you can't, but what can you say to Stevie Gerrard? You know, he's just, we've got to let that one go, haven't you? <laughs> I'll track you, man, don't worry I'll <laughs> Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.
0: This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for
2: love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned around to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris,
0: would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to a load of pricks They will sell your house like no other. A load of pricks, pricks. Load load of pricks. pricks. dot net. Net.